Yeah, what I've happened? been following it. It's and Kyrie. The Nets are just a dumpster fire, so they're going to go from Steve Nash to Ime Udoka, who's fresh off uh, probably a gag order about what happened in Boston. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ime Udoka <laughs> gets the coaching job immediately. That feels like when a a crooked pharmaceutical company executive just bounces to another company. Yeah, or they were much. like, "Wait, you need a coach? Take the guy <clears throat> who's fucking our wives, please." <laughs> Take this guy, for example. I mean, we still don't even know what he did, and he's moving on to a new team. I don't know. That that whole franchise needs to be suspended indefinitely. Yep. Conduct unbecoming. Come out and say it's bad right now, or we'll fucking suspend you, is what they said. Seven o'clock. Do a podcast, huh? This is Patriot Sports Radio. Patriot Sports Radio. <laughs> Fed up with the national talking heads and biases of mainstream sports media. If it's sports from the high school level to the pros, we're talking about it like the red-blooded Americans we are. God bless America. God bless America. God bless America. Let's do this. Here's Eric, John, Chris, and the coach. Welcome back, my friends. If you're new, then welcome in Patriot Sports Radio. My name is Eric. I'm your host. Glad to have you with us. And thank you for those reviews. They help a ton in the battle of the search and the suggestion. I've got Angela, John here with me. Chris is over there putting the pro and producer. That's the thing I say now. I'm, I'm pretty proud of that one. <laughs> uh, we got all kinds of stuff to discuss. I found a couple crazy news stories. We got uh, some baseball some some things happening in the baseball world you could say a world series has been won a world series has been lost the nfl has shuffled a bunch of players around uh where should we begin let's do nfl trade deadline you guys had but your teams had some cool things happen Uh, my team didn't because we don't do that kind of thing uh (laughs) 10 trades on deadline day a new record of course the packers have a super bowl contending team assembled and when you have the perfect recipe, you don't go changing it. What's that? They're, they lost to the teacher. I have no fucking idea what they're doing anywhere at, over there. Anyway, other teams did take action. Some of these moves are significant. Bradley Chubb went from Denver to Miami with a fifth round pick for a 23 first, a 23 fourth, and Chase Edmonds. This ends the saga of Trey Lance from the Trey Lance trade, Miami, the trade they did with San Francisco. They have now used trades in that or used picks in that trade to move up and take Jalen Waddle and then acquire Tyree Kill and now Bradley Chubb they got using these picks. This is the kind of shit Gutekunst needed to be doing, not drafting backup quarterbacks. Um, <laughs> It'll be all it's roads like, lead back to Jordan Love. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, been you knew years. I'd make this about Jordan Love. Full circle. You guys are like the angry ex-wife. Yeah. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> 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 your team acquired chase claypool for yeah, like a it. second round pick uh word is the packers were in on claypool but the steelers <laughs> accepted the bears offer because they think chicago's chicago will have a worse season <laughs> jokes on them uh what's ironic is the bears did pass on george pickens twice in the second round only to use a second round pick on the guy who made george pickens irrelevant but chase claypool is still a hell of a player are you happy with the acquisition job yeah, it, from the stats, it looked like he's a solid number two. Um, 
Any anything that'll help. I mean, it's a second round pick. We've got picks for days. I don't want to lose value on those, but I think people are are just happy to see that it's more of an offensive mindset that we're taking into it. Our defense is going to suck, which we saw today, which we saw last week. Not expecting the world out of the defense, but if we can at least get things moving on the offensive side of the ball, then we can at least watch the games on Sunday. And at that point, as a Bears fan, that's where I'm at. <laughs> that's a win. <laughs> that's what the kid needs. You got to get Justin Fields one of those guys with the catch yeah. radius of a two-car garage. You yeah, know, That's going to help I, him I, develop. You know, worst case scenario, they he's not a long-term guy for us. We can at least see what he can do with some weapons. And today looked pretty good. Um, not that Claypool did a lot, but, you know, it was just, it's nice to see some freedom in, in the offense. So you know what? Yeah. The only thing I am worried about, <laughs> I'm getting a moaner. Yeah, I'm not worried about <laughs> results. I'm only worried about watching fields and getting a boner. Angela TJ Hawkinson went from Detroit to Minnesota and then they exchanged a bunch of picks with each other. I'm not sure what they were doing that, but it feels like Minnesota won this one in the short term. Oh, you know, I, that having Hawkinson is going to be the gift that keeps on giving. I'm very, very excited about that. And I was not exactly sure. I think we talked about it this morning on the wake and rank. Which, um, if you children are not tuning into that, you should. But I wasn't sure if they were going to play him right away or not. And if they were, how it was going to go. But I guess uh, there was something in the Twitters where somebody had mentioned that uh, Cousin said, it took me like four months to learn all this. And it took him like four days. He's making me look bad. (laughs) Making me look dumb. Something like that. I was like, of of course he's going to say that. But he did good today. So... I'm excited. I think I'm a yeah. happy girl. He was allegedly not going to have uh, much of an immediate impact. They would maybe have some packages for him. And he got right in there. I mean, is that guy a, a Viking? I've looked at pictures from him when, from when he came out of <laughs> Iowa to when he got into the NFL. And he's gone from sort of this clean cut Big Ten tight end to a guy who looks like an actual Viking. I yeah, think this was, was his destiny all along drinks out of the skulls of his enemies like I do on the weekends. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to fit in great over there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Chalking up another win for my boys today, just saying. So you know. He's yeah, really passing was... the stats to get that Kirk Cousins MVP, huh? Oh. <laughs> yep. You drinking the Kool-Aid yet? <laughs> are you, just are a little you? throwback statement that we won't let you forget. Well, you know what? I, am, I didn't abandon that statement yet. <laughs> No, nope. just, saying. just saying she hasn't she hasn't denied it yet. The NFL, John, kind of looks like the NBA here at the trade mm-hmm. deadline. We got like 10 trades, a dozen players moving around. Naeem Hines, like guys you've heard of. Yep. Is this the future of the NFL, do you think, with the players having a little more power to move around? It could be. I, I don't think it works well for the NBA, and I don't think the NFL has nearly the leeway with its players that the NBA does. Um the NBA is now run by players and the NFL, the product is different and the mindset of the organizations is vastly different, but you can't argue that uh, this wasn't really entertaining to watch. Um, you know, especially knowing that green Bay was going after Claypool and the bears got him. you know, that there's bidding wars going on. It'll only heighten the drama, which is great. Yeah. Teams 
seem like they're not shy about releasing what they've offered. Like, oh, this did, deal didn't go through, but we offered a second and this guy. And that makes the, uh, the conversations all the more interesting. It's an interesting conversation. Angela, tell us about the World Series. What, uh, what happened there? Mattress Mac I saw collecting his money, so the Astros <laughs> must have won. They did, and I I cling to baseball, so I always wanted to go to a game seven because I get I really actually get sad, like really sad when baseball ends. So I wanted to last as long as possible. <laughs> so, but the Astros did win, and the game just kind of they were just sort of whittling away at each other. There was nothing to talk about the beginning of the game for the longest time, up until we got up to like the sixth inning, and. So something crazy kind of happened. I don't know if you guys heard about this or saw, but people are definitely going to talk about it. But Maldonado was up to bat and nobody knows a pitcher like a catcher, right? So Mm -hmm. Wheeler was pitching the whole game into the sixth and there was like one out, I think. And Maldonado uh, got a strike, you know, took a strike or I, I think he swung and missed, but the next pitch, he kind of crowded the plate a little bit. He got, he was still in the box, like where he should have been, but he got real close and he got hit by a pitch and, um, they pulled Wheeler and then that changed things big time. So he took that hit on purpose, but he made it look like he was getting out of the way. I swear that's how it went down. Um, uh, but that changed the whole, tempo of the game and sure enough new pitcher new batter home run you know three runs three runs went in so that changed everything completely and after that point it was just like the Phillies were just like scratching to try to get anywhere um so it kind of feels weird I mean I don't know of many people who are excited that the Astros won so it feels weird it was right though oh they are artists about that shit, leaning in and yeah. taking a pitch off the elbow. Like that's sort of like flopping in in basketball. It it's is a learned skill. He took his base, and and it came out that he has a broken hand. So he was playing with a broken hand, and he kind of had to. I mean, he probably had to take a pitch. Actually, so that was the object of his at bat. I bet totally. Absolutely, which is crazy. Like catchers are so smart, and pitchers are so smart too. And in essence, the whole game, the like game six and game seven, are all based on pitchers and how long you can get your pitchers to pitch. And then, of course, everybody knows like pitcher batter situations. Like you can go through pitchers, 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 and trade them out the whole time. Like tons of them, game six and seven. So it's kind of critical how all that stuff plays out. Um, but they won and it, you know, it felt weird, but it was, it's right. It's the right thing. You know, they're a really good, talented team and, you know, Dusty Baker gets his win, which everybody's happy about too. So I can't complain about that. I wish the Phillies (laughs) would have won, but alas, it was not to be. Yeah. The country started to really get swept up in, in Phillies mania. Is this one legitimate? Did they, did they cheat this year or? Can they have their parade and feel good about it? I think they can. The only one thing that popped up, though, I don't know if you guys caught wind of this, but Maldonado was using a bat that was gifted to him by Kuhls, 
a while ago and it was an illegal bat. So they had to tell me hmm. not use it. So that people are going to talk about that. They're just going to whine about it because <laughs> they're going to have say. to find something to whine was about. Is it the magic bat Pujols was using on the second half of the season? Yeah, no kidding, sort of right? Performance enhancing all-star game edition <laughs> bat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I think to me, like the best thing that I can feel really good about with them winning is that um, Pena ended up as the MVP, of course, and it was so well-deserved as a rookie and just what a really wonderful unexpected surprise that was like that's that's feel good stuff so i was totally cool with that imagine a rookie world series mvp wow no so badass very cool i hate the astros as much as the next guy but i mean top to bottom their lineup those guys just rake uh they're it's a good squad um to come back from from getting crushed and then having five home runs dropped on you and then no hit them the next game. It takes a lot of nuts yeah. to be able to do that and then take control of the series after that game. You you just wish your team had that kind of uh, intestinal fortitude, but very few teams in any pro sport have that. And the Astros have proven it. Yeah, they cheated. I think a lot of teams probably cheated in similar fashions. So yeah. I don't want to jump to too many conclusions. The point is, from the last four years, they've just been an absolute wagon, and they've got nothing but just baseball players on their team, top to bottom. And I guess good for Dusty Baker. He couldn't do it with the Cubs. So, <laughs> I mean, how long has that guy been managing? Like 62 years? It was bound it's to happen. 50 for sure. As long as said. I've been watching baseball. Yeah. 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 I agree, John. Like, they really have their shit together. The Astros, you could tell. Like, they, they really... Get you got the feeling that they don't have pressure points like that pressure is non-existence because they've been there before and they have faith in each other. And you can tell, you know, and Guriel didn't play yesterday at all, mm -hmm. you know, and um, it didn't matter because, uh, you know, they filled the, the gaps. There are no gaps. We'll just say that. Yeah. Yeah. There's no like when they went into New York, it, it, there was no question they were going to beat the Yankees. They weren't worried about that or nervous about it at all. And can you really hate a team that knocks out the Yankees? Nope. Right. That scores a lot of points with me when you do that. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh, here's a guy who's not scoring a lot of points, evidently. Dan Snyder might be selling the team, or this is the kind of troll job that only comes around once every Haley's Comet, and he's about <laughs> to pull the rug out from all of us. I could 100% see that. Yes, the rumors are true. I've decided to sell a majority stake of the football skins to the only man capable of saving them myself. And then he buys like a 94% majority instead of an 87 or whatever he has now. And he does the whole, I'm not fucking leaving thing. That would be fun. <laughs> I ain't fucking leaving. <laughs> yep. Add that to the list. The Wolf of Wall Street. I'm right. not fucking leaving. We got to have that. Uh, he bought this team in 99 for 800 million. It is now worth $5.6 billion. That would be reason enough for me to sell, honestly. Yeah. It's like he just found $5 billion laying on the ground. <laughs> also, Snyder is currently under investigation by the <laughs> NFL, the DC Attorney General, the US Congressional Oversight Committee, oh, and the IRS because he's been lying about ticket revenue to avoid sharing with the rest of the league owners. Boy, they hate that. Literally keeping two sets of books is what they're accusing him of. So, so those are also saying, great reasons to sell. In finance, we call that fraud. If, if he sells the team, he might have enough to pay for his legal defense. 
<laughs> yeah, there could be some real restitution involved. Yeah, and then and if he's got, hiring and, investment banks, I mean, those guys aren't free. Yeah, he hired uh, the Bank of America Securities Division to, quote, investigate or consider future transactions. That's like a firm to shop the team around to other billionaires. Mm-hmm. Huh. And I got to imagine they've got some pretty ironclad language in that contract that they have with them. Like all this work is under the presumption that you are not going to go to jail and that the value of this is based off the correct books and all that. It, it, that's got to be a huge ball of wax to get involved with that from a financial standpoint. A lot of lawyers, a lot of uh, that's a, that's there's going to be a lot of people working a lot of hours trying to make sure that they're not getting screwed over by Dan Snyder on that one. I think yeah, jobs are getting hard. You're getting financially excited right now, aren't you? <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> <Just> dollar bills. <laughs> Gosh. But, but is this a move where he is he knows that it's a sinking ship? He feels the the walls caving in on him and he wants to sell where it's moderately priced, or and he's trying to avoid selling it low when you know he's got handcuffs on him, getting escorted out of his house and boxers and a wife beater. So it's almost like a standoff, like playing chicken with somebody. Like you said, do yeah. you wait, try to get it low, or do you from him? Yeah, also, he, did he poke the bear with the owners so much that he's like, oh, I got to get out of here? Yeah, yeah. There's you a rumor think. that 24 votes to oust him exist. So maybe oh, yeah. that's why he's suddenly <laughs> motivated to sell. Like, oh, well, you guys think good? about it. I, so I, I guess I don't know how much revenue. Well, they would want a new stadium there. He's preventing a new stadium there. So they, of course, want him out. And I got to imagine if you got 24 billionaires rooting against you, uh, you're done. Yeah. Just the just the channels they have and the things they can. Because he went from, I have dirt on everybody. I'll blow up the whole fucking <laughs> league. I'm not selling shit to. Actually, I'm going to talk to these guys about future transactions. Maybe we're going to look for a suitor for a minor or major or entire stake. So somebody must have sat him down and said, look, here's what happens if you do that. And that option was much worse than sell the team. And somebody also, handed one of him these... a sheet of paper that said $5 billion. And then somebody come came up behind him and handed him another sheet of paper that says you're under investigation. And he's like, well, <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Upon further review, yeah, I think I'm well, going to do the mature thing here and just sell. I, I do have some some bills coming up for my representation that I am going to need at least a cool billion for. So one of these lawyers has to sit him down and say, look, dude, (laughs) which set of books is it? Like, what are we dealing with? We're not even going to help you sell this thing unless you tell us everything. It was a real conversation with a Bank of America guy. for Sure. There will be all kinds of stuff for John to teach us about throughout this process. (laughs) It's going to be a good time. But at the end of the day. You're just going to pay the man his money. Yeah. He's a zillionaire. That's another good one. Okay. He'll be on his yacht off the Italy coast, Italian coast, probably Italian coast. And uh, I'm not really worrying about it. Fuck you, pay me. That's a good one. Fuck you, pay me. (laughs) I think it gets to a point with those (laughs) guys where just there's no amount of money that's enough. Like, so getting that extra billion is worth completely screwing everybody over dumping milk and luxury boxes and so forth hey john is a billion dollars a lot <laughs> you would think so <laughs> even in brandon's america yeah, i don't care, I don't care who, who you are. are you're 
I don't care how greedy you are. This is about as valuable as it's going to get because he's kind of reached the max. He's yeah. already skimming off the top with the with the boxes, and he's got sweetheart deals with the corporations that give him a kickback. I don't know how much more money he can squeeze out of this stadium. So it, it it's just a natural inflection point for him because they're not going to allow him to make a new stadium. His but this is our, actions are lowering the value of the team. I mean, he just re-upped all point. the merch. So everybody had to buy new merch in the last year because they changed <laughs> the names. I don't know how many more tricks he's got up his sleeve to make more money out of this thing. <laughs> yep. He is really the magician just pulling more Kleenex out of his sleeve. Like, what about a what about an alternate jersey? What about a salute to service? He was so waiting John for a explain- down year to change the name so that they could sell all new jerseys. <laughs> explain this to me. So this is a really bad time to buy this team, right? Why? I mean, the Fed's that? got the interest rates through the roof. I, see, I think it'll go. I think if investigations are going on, nobody's going to buy it, and they might even they might even freeze the sale of it because they don't know the value. And and there's like, if he's already investigation investigated for fraud, then I don't think anybody could do their due diligence in setting a price. And that's where I'm curious about bank of America looking through that. Cause I, I know if I'm bank of America, I want to be sure in that if I'm the middleman for somebody else, I'm giving them an adequate price. But if we have no idea what the adequate price is because he's lying, then I don't know how that goes through. (laughs) Yeah. I was just like thinking, I'm like, so we're in the middle of this non-recession. Everything's fine. The feds are hacking, jacking these interest rates up three quarters of a point every other day. We stand with Ukraine. At some point it's hard to borrow $5 billion at 30% interest. Like money is expensive right right now. (laughs) Do do what? (laughs) Build back better, dude. We're building back better. That's all. Stuff no, is a good worth point. more because we're building back better. It's actually a good thing. <sighs> so Eamon Murphy is a guy who uh, worked at the Super Value over there in Ireland. I could tell you the town, but would it matter? You don't know where shit is Wait, in Ireland. Yeah, no, actually, tell me the town. I was I'm just right. there. Well, I didn't. I didn't put the town in my in my thing. Oh. I can look it up for you though. Let's make it up. If what it was Killarney, I might have rubbed elbows with him. Just have John say a town, and we'll just move Cork. Ireland. It was Cork, Cork, Illinois. Uh, Carlo. Carlo. Let me get out of my Carlo Ireland supermarket. Map. Carlo. He does have an Ireland map right there. That's that's phenomenal, John. Yep. Find Carlo on there. No, that's that's where we're at. So, he's got uh, a fucking he's got a he's got an old school yeah, map like that map we used map. to get at gas stations. I tell like you, Dory, we plan out our trips. I have to get my pointer out. And I have to say, back, we can't pack, go to all back, these places because this country's too big. I've only seen my dad do that. Come after me. <laughs> I'm a man. I'm 40. Carlo? Ca- Carlo. With a C? Did I say Carlo? <laughs> Carlo. C-A-R-L-O-W. Yep. Carlo. Very scenic, uh, you know, what you call village over in Ireland. It's real villagey. Yeah. Yeah. So. Eamon's over there. He's working at the store. It seems like it's a Piggly Wiggly or a Jewel Osco type grocery store. He's friends with the owners, Michael Conley and Sons, which probably explains why they left him in charge of the store when they took a trip for their daughter's wedding. Big event. Lots of preparation. Uh, let's get old Eamon to take af- or look after the store for us. Great. The thing about uh, Eamon is, one could say, and some do, Eamon likes to tip him back quite a bit. It could even be said that he has an alcohol problem. Which in Ireland, to be identified as a guy who drinks too much, I don't even know what that looks like. 
Now, before the wedding, uh, before this whole wedding situation, it was definitely a situation. Eamon had already experienced or caused a, quote, series of alcohol-related issues at work, which led up to a serious incident uh, and a stunningly bold move that would later be described as an incalculable breach of trust. He brought a considerable amount of alcohol to work on the day he was supposed to run the store. Um, Helen Barry of Simplify HR later testified that, quote, he drank the vodka on the premises to such an extent that he became completely unconscious and seriously alarmed his immediate colleagues to his well-being. It was a real Costanza like, was that wrong? Should I not have done that? So he's fired, fucking obviously. But this Even is the wake-up call he needed. Yeah, even in Ireland, you don't get away with passing out drunk at the store. So this is this is the wake up call he needed. He thought he could quit on his own. It turns out he realizes it's a progressive problem that he needs help with. So he goes to rehab immediately, leaves the course, a changed man. You know, he was asking the company for another chance. This whole time they pay his salary while he's at rehab. And then when he's deemed fit to return, he's suspended with pay pending an investigation after the investigation they decide oh Eamon Murphy's got to go he appeals but the termination is upheld they said the relationship could not continue in absence of trust the risk that Mr. Murphy was posing to the business was too great dismissal was a very hard decision but there was no alternatives there was no step down job anything like that that wouldn't have been possible because the loss of confidence among other staff in the management of supermarket would have been immense. His lawyer screaming discrimination says Eamon was fired because he has a condition known as alcoholism. Oh, the adjudicating officer, Michael McKenty found that Mr. Murphy had quote, a well-recognized disability in the form of alcoholism and noted that there had been many alcohol incidents involving the complainant in 2019. Aha. Good point. You knew based on other incidents, this was a thing with him. However, this was the weekend that was the complainant by his own admission chose to bring into the store a considerable quantity of alcohol and proceeded to consume it on the premises until he became comatose. <laughs> also, also valid point. Turns out there was an air traffic controller over there who showed up to work substantially over the legal limit and was fired on the spot. This guy who had absenteeism and all the earmarks, just like our friend Eamon, the courts upheld his firing, but Eamon's lawyers are like, look, this isn't an air traffic controller. This is a guy at the store. So <laughs> the court said, yeah, you're right. And we don't really have any laws on the books for this type of shit. So he found that discrimination on the grounds of disability and failure to provide reasonable accommodations were proven. And what? since he had been out of work for 18 weeks, they awarded him $40,000 in whatever Irish money is. Oh whatever Irish euros. money is. <laughs> they used it's the euro over there? Dublin. Oh, ah, yeah. I checked my map. I think of I took course. a train right by it. Hi, southwest of Dublin. I so, thought they'd use Mar Lucky Charms marshmallows for sure. Right. Is that currency there? Hard stars. Yeah, no, the currency there. Rainbows. Purple yeah. horseshoes. Pots of gold. Yep. Horseshoes and blue moons. Purple horseshoes, yeah. Don't yeah. forget the shamrock. Oh, man. I would eat just the cereal. So now every drunk in the world can say, I've got a condition and they're protected. Cool. In Ireland, you can. And yeah, but that you can do that in Ireland. This guy. They're supposed to, but they're still supposed to be like, "Oh, hey, you can go to rehab. Like, we'll help you. We'll pay for you. You get a second chance." And then it's like, shouldn't the employer be able to say, "Yeah, no, we're not interested." Yep, yep, you That's can, ridiculous. but evidently it'll cost you forty k. 
If you oh don't want God. old Eamon to come and pass out on the fish sticks. Unless you work for Aer Lingus <laughs> as a flight controller. Then yeah. you're done. Right. <laughs> yep. By the way, I shut down all of Aer Lingus when we were there by accident. I put it back on a, on a belt the wrong way. I, every computer in Aer Lingus shut down because I put a bag on the belt the wrong way. It was a whole thing. There was there was a lot of words exchanged. And then I quickly scurried off to security. Nope. I'll see you later. Yeah. You just deal with that. I'll be back. And he's back. Coach the is coach. here. Coach, how you doing? Coach. Good. How about you guys? Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, he just had to wait for Fat Randy Bullock to kick off the uh, Sunday night game before he <laughs> tuned in. Oh, <laughs> Fat Randy. He's my favorite. Fat Randy, that's that some bitch. That drive through in his day, I'll tell you that. Yeah. He's got a burner phone with food apps. Absolutely. <laughs> a burner phone with food apps. <laughs> <laughs> Did you uh did you hear about this? Did you see this? Did you hear about this? Justin Verlander and Kate Upton sold their house. Uh they sold their massive house in California. They're moving to Jupiter, Florida because they have money and also brains. Uh five months before they listed their longtime California pad, Houston Astros pitcher, Justin Verlander and a supermodel wife purchased a Florida home for five hundred and fifty over asking. They paid six point five million for it. Um, it's located in Jupiter. It's about a thousand feet, thousand square feet smaller than their old house, but it's it's fantastic. It's on it's on a river, custom built, one point two five acres of land. This place is awesome. It has six bathrooms, something called a primary suite. I don't know, man. I rent. It's got a gym, a <laughs> boat dock, a nice putting green. Every window you look out, you see the ocean. It's not bad. You know what I hope? I hope he's sitting there on his covered patio watching the sunset behind his supermodel wife while she puts her hair in a ponytail. Wait, what? I hope he takes a second to appreciate his particular situation because it's an all time great life. Verlander is having down there. I mean, world series, uh, supermodel wife. Now you got, now you got a house with ocean on three sides. What a, what's, what a life this guy what's has. What's the only thing God that he's bless. You know, Amer- that's, that's fucking America. <laughs> that's the American dream. <laughs> Hey, Coach, just so you know, we got a soundboard now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I can see that. And we're playing fast play that and for loose, your, baby. I was going to play head. that for your introduction, but it, everybody just jumped in. That's all right. Yeah. We're going to start. I'm going to start. I'm going to get you an introduction, Coach, when you come well, in. Well, I, I appreciate that. I can see no one from my church will be attending or listening to our podcast ever again. <laughs> Uh, yeah. so. Just tell them to skip the first 30 minutes. There you That's go. All. There you go. And everything in between. <laughs> yeah. I Coach, I'm glad you're like, here. We're... What Angela I'm sure you Chris off. was going to say the only thing that Berlin has, the Berlander has to worry about is getting a boner, for sure. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. You know what? The only thing I am worried about <laughs> is getting a boner. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> well, this really oh. has gone off the rails. Yeah. Coach, I'm, gl- I'm glad you're here. We were about to do hockey for dummies. I read an article about the top nice. 10 storylines to watch this season because I want to be able to follow hockey and bet on it. Here's what I found. Angela, feel free to chime in if this stuff is incorrect or dumb. <laughs> the Avalanche are your defending champions, and they have all their good players locked up under contract back this season. They did lose their goalie, however, mm-hmm. and the new guy is so-so. They are the odds-on favorite to win the Stanley Cup. 
Is this new goalie okay? Is he going to be a problem for them? Do you know anything about this dude? Um, I don't even have his name in here, so that's I how much I know. I don't know if I know, but I can tell you that, I mean, goalies aren't a dime a dozen, but it's not like usually they're if you're good enough to be in the NHL or the um, NHL, you're good enough to do good enough. I'm just saying. You would think. You don't you would need. think if you, uh, if you were a Blackhawks fan, that would not be the case, but yeah. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> I learned. I learned that the Maple Leafs are a factory of sadness. Uh, the Maple Leafs currently hold four of the least desirable records in the NHL. Their 54 seasons without a Stanley Cup is both the longest active drought and the longest ever drought at any time in NHL history. It's been 54 years since they last appeared in a Stanley Cup final at all. Another record. And they hold the longest active playoff series win drought with the last spring's first round loss to the Tampa Bay Lightning, making their 17th consecutive season without a playoff series victory. Holy shit. They've been bouncing the what first team? round 17 times in a row. And their GM is at the end of his contract with Toronto. I don't know how much uh, the Maple motivation Leafs? he has to stay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yikes. Original six, but they are basically the Detroit Lions. So we need to do a Ted Lasso commercial-like thing where we compare NHL franchises to college football or NFL or basketball. And uh, to start it off, apparently the Maple Leafs are basically the Detroit Lions. Do we need to adopt the Maple Leafs to maybe get some good vibes on their side? Whoa, are we going to get a vote on that America's team? I mean, hold yeah, on. It's, it's Before you go electing team. this, Jesus. <laughs> no, I'm just Sounds I'm like just a cowboy fan. Here. Well, we'll just call them our team, and that's what we're going to do. This is America, <laughs> for God's sakes. I get a vote, too. Yep. Right. Yep. Sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I just didn't want anybody calling the, the Maple Leafs my team. My, no. I don't, uh, right. I want to vote in you. that. No, I'm going to have to look into, you know what? Sorry, Putin. It doesn't work like that around here. Let me look into how Toronto dealt with COVID and I'll get back to you on how I feel about their <laughs> coach is going to come back with team. an Oklahoma minor league team called like the Tulsa coon hunters or something. We have one called the Tulsa ice oilers. Okay. The ice enough. oilers. There we yeah. Go. Ice oilers. Hey, tell, tell me this. Can, can we, while, while we're on hockey talk here, hi, <laughs> and we're back with hockey talk. Uh, Angela, tell me about the Kraken. Are they worth a damn? Are they good? No, not really. I mean, (laughs) I love the mascot, (laughs) which is unfortunate because they could raid the pockets of every other team there for a little bit as a franchise. That's how uh, that's how Vegas 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 into into a great organization. Yeah, the Kraken didn't. That was going to happen. Yeah, but I don't think. Oh, I thought I thought that first year Vegas was going to win it all. Yeah, me too. Yep. I've been like I said. I've been to a couple of uh, Golden Knight games. That, amazing. I, I mean, I've been to a lot of sports events, period, and that is up there. The, a Golden Knights hockey game is up there. It's Vegas basically like right. the beginning is like medieval times. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. the way they go yeah. about it. And then oh, it's man. Like, oh, there's a hockey Fights? Game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they landed spaceships on the top of the deal. It's awesome. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. <laughs> I've been to 4D movies that haven't been that entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I also learned that Calgary, Florida, and Ottawa made a bunch of trades for dudes whose name I could never pronounce in a million years. Also, I'm pretty sure the Ottawa Senators are for sale. And there's a kid everybody is tanking for. Chicago, Arizona, 
lead the taste lead the race to the bottom for Bedard. Tank hard for Bedard. This is the hockey <laughs> version of suck for luck or tank for Tua. Uh, regardless of the wording, the sentiment has already long settled in with several fan bases staring down a season of painful losses. Evidently, if you are a Coyotes or a Blackhawks fan, you're hoping that they do absolutely terrible so you can get this Bedard kid. Um, the Coyotes are getting a new... What's that, Angela? That's all we can cheer for this year as Blackhawk oh. fans. Yeah, it's rough. It'll be happen. Last I checked, they were good. They had Patrick Kane and then uh, they're slow now. Taos, toes, Taos Taves. guy. Taves. He's yeah. slow Taves. now. You name a guy, I'll tell you he's slow now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they did the Packers thing. They had a good team and they just kind of let it sit there and collect dust. And now it's kind of old. Except we won three Stanley Cups. Oh yeah, we didn't. Damn do right. <laughs> Uh, Never the coyotes <laughs> the coyotes are getting a new arena but in the meantime they have to play in arizona state's 4700 seat facility for like three years that's how long it takes to build an arena i thought we could do that shit quicker in 2022 yeah they showed the makeshift locker rooms and they were horrific like really really it was like folding chairs and like cardboard boxes it was oh, so bad no. Firefest. Do we just bet against the Coyotes every every night because they have suboptimal facilities? Perhaps. Perhaps. Uh, Patrick Kane, single and ready to mingle. By far the biggest target for trades heading into this year's Patrick Kane, the quintessential rental forward. If ever there was one, he's on an expiring deal, knows what it takes to win it all, and is still producing at a high rate, they say. He had 92 points on a dismal Blackhawks roster last year. So which contender scoops him up, and will we have to wait until the trade deadline to find out? Wait, is it going to be like a Boston? I mean, they're they're making a run for it. Yeah, Kane's a machine. He's just a hockey machine. He's like the Von Miller of the NHL. We'll, we'll try to put this in football terms so people get it. Angela, you are muted. Well, better than that, because he's an MVP. So he's, I, I don't know, like... Uh, Tom Brady-esque in, in the sense that every year he's just freaking good. Um, somewhere in between Tom Brady and and uh, Von Miller, yes. A little Ryan Fitzpatrick sprinkled in there. Are the Lightning still good? They're always Are the good. Lightning still good? That's a good question. I believe they're they were in the good. playoffs last year. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they're still good. I, yeah, Patrick came to that he'd jersey. rather drag his balls over broken glass than to play um, in Canada and for Toronto. <laughs> Okay. So He's this not is a Patrick home. Kane podcast. You know what? I've gone a completely the other way on Toronto. Fuck them. Right. <laughs> Maybe we get a Patrick Kane uh, Funko Pop action figure type dude. I want to start littering the table with sports guys. Women are in front offices and the game is better for it. Six women enter their first full NHL seasons as assistant general managers. Wow. Emily Castanagwe and Cami Granado in Vancouver, Megan Hunter in Chicago, Dr. Haley Wickenheiser, no big deal in Toronto, Kate Madigan in New Jersey, and Exaler and Alexandra Mandricki. Actually, a lot easier to pronounce than it looks. All six have already done so much to shape the game, and now we get to see how they approach these new challenges and bring their perspectives to their respective clubs, women associate, uh, you know, basically running hockey teams or having a serious influence on how hockey teams run. 
This will be interesting. I like it. Look at look at hockey. Super Anybody who can come in and say this isn't working, let's get some marketing going. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. Woman is good at coming in and saying you suck at this. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I saw Coach's everything wheels you're doing turning. Wrong. <laughs> here's everything you right you're doing now, wrong. This guy made on a list. Something. <laughs> Yep. Uh, Anybody with a fresh marketing idea at all, you're hired. (laughs) Yep. What did you think of that trade? No, it's good. Oh, good. Fine. I just think it's interesting how you asked for a third round. Like, oh no, we fucked that up. She thinks it's interesting. Shit. (laughs) Oh, this is interesting. I'm fine. It's fine. We're thinking about revamping the stadium menu. What should we order? (laughs) Yeah. And in five years, it'll just be a whole bunch of eye rolls. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) Yep. That'll be the whole trade deadline. Scoffs and eye rolls and all the deals will still get done. Um, Sure. (laughs) Well, Halloween is over. Did you check your kids' candy for drugs and razor blades? We always say, come on, drugs are expensive. Nobody's going to give away their weed gummies to kids for trick-or-treat. Or are they? A man in South Chicago Heights said he ran oh, out gosh. of candy, so he started handing out weed gummies in the packaging from the dispensary. Uh, these right. kids got home, opened the candy, which obviously reeked like marijuana, and called the cops. He's being charged with five pounds cops? of child endangerment. <laughs> For what? Mm. Being rad? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I didn't know being rad was against the rules. I thought this was America. (laughs) Well, if he lived in Chicago, he bought very expensive weed gummies. I have it labeled. This is THC. And he paid 33% tax. So I think the guy made quite the sacrifice. Yeah. Yeah. At the very least. They believe there could have been 20 bags handed out. Yeah, they could have turned around and gummies. made a profit. That kind of seems like an idiot, to be honest. Why are you doing but, that? Say what you want about America, land of the free, home of the brave. Oh. We got some dumbass motherfuckers floating around this country. Yeah, that was dumbass motherfuckers. <laughs> now, well, obviously, that doesn't include this audience. I understand that. Oh, my. <laughs> People said an alert parent and grandparent had flagged the yellow gummy bears. Uh, on Halloween Monday, my grandson and my daughter mentioned we think we got bad candy. Right away, it gave an odor, they said. We could put our <laughs> cell phone flashlight up to it, and you could see flakes of, I imagine, marijuana. Uh, when they first showed up, he tried not to answer the door, but eventually he gave <laughs> that in. That, work. <laughs> that, time-tested, that time-tested method of... <laughs> Get underneath the table. Dave's not here. <laughs> oh gosh, the cops seem overall pretty cool about the whole thing. Uh, the police chief said he did admit that he put gummy bears in those packages. He did something a little bit outrageous, and it wasn't the smartest thing to do. That's what the police <laughs> chief said. So I don't think he's in. You know, he's got five five counts of child endangerment. That'll get pled down to like disturbing the peace or something like that. <sighs> South Chicago Heights. I feel like they got bigger problems than weed gummies. Uh, I had a Bro, buddy that's, who was that's a, just going to be a, hey, let's not do that anymore. Go home. Yeah. Yep. That's pretty blue collar area. Yeah. Um, they, uh, <laughs> can you imagine just like, Shh, I think you're going to go away. 
Uh, <laughs> are you the are you the idiot that's handing out weed for Halloween? Oh, <laughs> Prove it, sir. We have five so, unconscious seconds. If I've seen any episode of Cops, and I have, the uh, sitting and turning off the lights indoors doesn't work. <laughs> so it's like so they don't mean. go away. Oh, it's it sucks. Cops is off the air. <laughs> We, we had a small gathering today at my mother's house, and we were discussing the uh, best Christmases we'd ever had. And we came across this gym that was kind of reminded me of that, the the uh, the Christmas that uh, Grandma decided to give everybody a 30-pack a of uh, <laughs> the 30-pack uh, of the champagne of beers. And nice. uh, everybody <laughs> opened those, and uh, uh, one, of our, one of our cousins decided to go ahead and crack those open and see if he could kill it that that night while we were there and uh he ended up scratching gravel with my uncle on the lawn and that was pretty much the best christmas i ever had and uh me and my brother were reminiscing about maybe uh we could get her to go ahead and have a reenactment of that maybe we she'd go ahead and uh buy the 30 pack of uh champagne of beers and we could just you know have some entertainment that sounds about like one of those deals where the cops got called and Somebody in an old box body Chevrolet ended up slinging gravel all over the front porch on the way out. That's a good time. Tonight's the night you fight your dad. (laughs) Merry Christmas. Coach, how old were they? Uh, Hey, Coach, how old were y'all? Hey, I was probably probably 18. That's (laughs) fucking money, man. Grandma rocks. He was probably about... I don't know. He he was probably about the same age I was. Mm. Maybe 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 (laughs) twenty. It was good. Perfect. Good time. That's the perfect age window for scratching a little gravel on oh, Christmas. Yeah. So good. <laughs> nothing nothing says a good family Christmas like a couple of fights on the lawn. That's right. Yeah. And then somebody in an old beat up square body just spraying gravel as they tear out of there half drunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you Christmas, gotta let you everybody filthy, filthy animals. <laughs> you gotta let everybody know A, I'm a cool guy. B, yeah. I'm really pissed off. And the only yeah, way you, you can convey those is by spraying gravel. Dinner suck. <laughs> whether you won or lost a fight, you're dropping it in the drive and putting it on the floor. <laughs> yep. Either in celebration or frustration. One Spraying of the bottles everywhere. <laughs> Champagne oh. and beers will do you do you that way every time. Oh my gosh. <laughs> From blue collar crime and weed gummies to a TO speeding scenario, Deerfield Beach, Florida. A woman is facing charges after calling police on former NFL player Terrell Owens back in August. Caitlin Davis has been charged with filing a false police report, which is a second degree misdemeanor after accusing Owens of speeding in her neighborhood. Owens denied the allegation and recorded some of his encounter with her to prove his innocence. She's scheduled to appear. To appear in court December 6th. I watched the video or the first few minutes of it. She's the worst and she should get the maximum punishment of whatever that is. She said he was speeding and she ran up to his car and started yelling at him for speeding. And then he got out of his car and then she freaked out because he was a black man approaching her. And that was very threatening. And she went full, full Karen on the whole situation. So I'm glad she's getting in trouble. But also, Tio was definitely speeding in that neighborhood. <laughs> nah, Tio. Come on. What? I mean, what? What football players don't do that? Ben no. Roethlisberger, Miles Garrett. Maybe it's just a Browns thing. Or I found that anytime maybe. you deal with the police, you should start the conversation off with, "Do you know who I am?" 
It always yep. just sets the tone for everything being just right. Just tightens the grip on the billy yeah, club. Yeah, you're just—it's just going to go your way from then on out if you just started off with the "Do you know who I am?" <laughs> it's always good. Oh, what else we got? Xavier wants a football team, maybe. Uh, they say we've got a killer basketball team just about every single year. <laughs> Jack Genovese, a senior said, but the Musketeers know, uh, the football team hasn't existed for decades. The running joke at Xavier is that their football team has been undefeated since 1973. Uh, Xavier tells local 12 football is one of the many ideas floating around to drive up enrollment. I'm not sure if this is a drive up enrollment or bring in money. This sounds a but, whole lot like the uh, scene where Spicoli says his dad has a sweet set of tools. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think we can fix this. I got a sweet set of tools. If I was the NCAA, I would grant them and immediately put them in the SEC. Year one. You, you got it. Year one, SEC. Oh, and by the way, we're going to give you eight road games. Uh, You're welcome. We can't do that to the musketeers you gotta ease them in <laughs> they found some old some old graduates to talk about the glory days for this local 12 article i found a guy named vic nolting he played from 1966 to 1969 on a full ride back then football was a division one scholarship program he says uh back then freshmen didn't play varsity ball so i played three years of varsity ball. It was a whole different world back then. Xavier football was really important to the university, really important to the campus, but it was not an overwhelming thing. It was something that everybody loved to do on Saturdays, and they played a really good brand of football. Played mostly mid-American schools. I had offers at other places, but I liked Xavier the best. (laughs) And I feel I made the right decision. They said their game against Cincinnati. That was their big rival. So not an SEC team. Could they beat Cincinnati now? Fuck no. Not not with whatever team they'd assemble. But they think it'd be something good to invest in. Nothing has been decided yet. I can't figure out the motivation. Is, Is this for some to get a piece of the NIL money or the TV money that's going around or just to drive up uh, recruitment? What are they in the Ohio Valley Conference or something? I'm not sure. If if we're asking that question, they don't deserve a football team. (laughs) Well, if you really want to go about doing that right, is the first thing you do is fire out a press release that says we want a football team? I mean, come on, man. You get the slimy guys that know how to do all this stuff. (laughs) Exactly. Get a guy. You got to, it's the most corrupt organization you're trying to join. You think you're going to do it with just good vibes and eat, pray, love your way into doing it? No, you got to get sleazy dudes who ran the mafia, get a bunch of money together, buy all the equipment, buy the players, get some logos on some helmets, and then you play. You can't just you set wait. out a press release. Yeah. You got to wait until into Dan a summer Snyder meeting and go, we want to join the sun hobby. <laughs> We want to play the Golden Hurricanes and we want want to do it right now. Yeah. (laughs) What's the problem? We got 22 guys. Set us up a schedule with the Tulane Green Wave and let's go. (laughs) This is is like that uh, made up high school football team that played a powerhouse last year. And it was a bunch of 40 year old dudes. (laughs) It wasn't even a high school team. They just met at like some trailers in some gas station or something. Bishop Sycamore. Yeah. Bishop Uncle Rico. 
and and duped ESPN into putting him on TV. Got him. Yeah. <laughs> Wild. Got him. Wild <laughs> stuff out there just getting killed 38 Look, to 0. And the thing people that, like it's 1974. The thing that I don't understand is I mean, how's ESPN not just canon a busload of people after that? Really what you did really? Yeah. I mean, who- that's I mean, that's so much more egregious than taking a, a false news story and running with it. Like you gave them a game and three hours of ESPN airtime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Never looked into Pri- where these guys came ESPN from. ESPN time. Some poor schlub had yep. to sit in the booth and announce that game. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. Somebody he's, went to broadcast. He's going school. every play. It's like this. He's uh and. Uh, Harrison, guy, who's a sophomore, a sophomore. We got Glenn uh, handing it off yeah. to Rick. It's just Glenn a bunch of stepdads Rick. out there. <laughs> Rick from the barn. <laughs> Rick Glenn, who works at House of Tires. Yeah, <laughs> he's a seventh year senior. He works at uh, Lenny's Grilling Pub. Oh man, it has to be their nicknames. Oh, yep. Gosh. Uh, what else I got? I got a news story from, did you know they're making a third equalizer movie? That's not necessary at all. Well, they are over in Italy and apparently there's a cocaine problem amongst employees working on the movie. Two caterers working on the set were arrested after cops in Italy say they seized a bunch of Coke following a man's death. One caterer overdosed and then Italian paramilitary police say they seized 120 grams of cocaine during a Tuesday afternoon raid at a hotel on the Amalfi Coast near where Denzel and Dakota Fanning are filming The Equalizer 3. Boy, that's a rough life too, huh? Just <laughs> hanging out on the Amalfi Coast with a big bag of blow filming a movie. <laughs> that poor guy. Him and Verlander should really swap stories about how fucking difficult their lives are. <laughs> Cops say the drug bust was in response to the sudden death of a movie production's head of catering. Oh, the head of catering, a 55-year-old, collapsed after reportedly leaving the bar and died of a heart attack, uh, police say several bags of cocaine were found. I don't think they're going to stop making the movie or anything. <laughs> no. I don't see anything about that. Uh, Nothing no. to see here. We only have yeah. Denzel for two more weeks. We ain't stopping. <laughs> yep. The police say they also searched for drugs at the local port, which is serving as the main staging area for the movie. Uh, but the sweep didn't turn up any cocaine. Well, nope. No cocaine here. Okay. Back to filming, I think, is pretty much how it went. Don't know where it came from, and rolling. Yep. (laughs) Oh, what else we got? I think that's about it. Well, I have breaking news for you, just so you know. What you got? Um, Aunt Susie just texted me, and she says, (laughs) Lil Wayne declares the Packers season over. That's oh, the dagger. No. You heard it the here. Fireman. Oh, no. <laughs> Lil Wayne? Over, really? Lil- <laughs> no, I can do better than that. He's a little late to the party, isn't he? Shit is over, <laughs> man. No, I can do better than that. <laughs> it's got to be growl- growlier, right? Shit is over, man. I'll work on it. I'll come back. I'll come I'll come back around. I'll have a little Wayne for you. It's in there somewhere. Perfect. Oh, my. All right. Perfect. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. We truly do appreciate it. We can. We encourage you to 
tell your friends, share the show on social media, send us five-star reviews. All these things help. We're doing uh, live videos. We're starting to do more live videos. Get on those. Comment. Just say something. Tell us what your dog's name is. It doesn't matter. Just uh, let the algorithm know you're in there watching and you're interested in what we're saying. Patriot Sports Radio on YouTube. You just go to YouTube. You type in Patriot Sports Radio where the magnifying glass thing is. You'll see our logo. And then you click subscribe. And you just tap the like button. We don't ask that you assault it in any way. Just just tap it. Uh, make sure you set your alarms for the Football Super Podcast on Saturday mornings at 7.30. And then we're right back on Sunday mornings at 7.30 for Wake and Rake. Talk some bets and fantasy and all that stuff. Everything is on PatriotSportsNow.com, the greatest website of all time. It's our podcast, blogs, articles, uh, Jordan stuff. Everything's over there. There's a forum on the website. You can talk about all things sports and sports adjacent. So much cool stuff. So much room for activities. Okay. Until next time, be good to each other. Chris kicked outro music. You've been listening to Patriot Sports Radio. If you're sick of all the national talking heads and biases of mainstream sports media, like we are, this show is for you. We hope you enjoyed it. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. For more content and merch, hit up www.patriotsportsnow.com. Find us on Twitter at Patriots Pod, on Instagram and Facebook at Patriot Sports Now, and on Getter, Rumble, and YouTube at Patriot Sports. Take care, and we'll see you next time. Patriot Sports Radio.